Well, amen. Good morning, church. Ah, some powerful songs we've been singing today to bring us encouragement, amen, and to help us to face challenges in our lives. This morning, our theme is courage. Anybody needs courage here today? One, two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> the Boca, they need courage today, don't they? Huh? Let's face that semifinal. And uh, we're going to be, you know, rooting for them and hoping they do it. And that we'll see them next Saturday. Um, our sister Madalena needs courage. She's a courageous woman, you know, working in Africa on her own for many, many years. And uh, you need courage. Because all of us in our day-to-day -day life, facing our challenges, facing the things that face us on our day-to-day -day life, it requires courage. Today, for you to live in this world, you require courage. Nothing is certain anymore. There was a day that if you worked for certain companies, certain institutions, if you had a certain title or a certain job, man, you were made for life. You could just relax and cruise along and do your day-to-day -day and you would be fine. No more, baby. Nothing is safe or constant or consistent or certain these days. Much is changing or much has changed. And particularly as Christians, we are living in a world which is becoming increasingly hostile to our values and to our beliefs. There was a time that in the Western world, if you were a Christian, whether we were Roman Catholic or Protestant, if you were a Christian, you were in a pretty safe space. People kind of agreed with you. There were common values, common understandings. No more. <laughs> you know, people look at you and say, oh, come on, you're so antiquated. You still believe that stuff? That's old things, man. Things have changed. We have a new morality. We have a new space. You know, you can have your truth. I can have my truth. And we need courage to face these things in our lives. We need courage to face change in our lives. Huh? You people writing exams right now, you need courage, don't you? To face those exams. You, you've been doing your work, but now you've got to sit down and do the thing. And you need courage. You can't give up. You can't say, oh, no, I don't feel like it. I'm not going to write exams. You better pluck up some courage, sit down and do that thing. You need courage to write exams. Courage to do a new job. I'm sure some of you are facing new job opportunities. At an hour in the new year, you're looking for new beginnings in your life. You need courage for that. Maybe a new season in your life. Like maybe marriage or, or parenting or retirement. <laughs> These are all seasons in our lives. And every season requires courage. Amen? Especially when you're pregnant and you think there's one and then you find out there's two. More about that later. Let's carry on. <laughs> you need courage to do life, guys. We need courage to do life. People facing an illness, maybe a long-time treatment, maybe a relationship problem. In every situation in life, we need courage to persevere and to overcome. Amen? The dictionary defines courage as the ability to do something that frightens one. The ability to do something that frightens you. But you're going to do it anyway. You're going to face it. You know, when it's exams time, you don't sort of give up party. Yay, it's exams time. Like, no ways you go, oh, it's exam time. Ah. 
But you face that thing with courage. Because you know, that thing can take you to the next level. Amen? It's a gateway. It's a stepping stone. And so you need to face it with courage. It also says that courage is strength in the face of pain or grief. Because courage, when you face situations, there is often pain or grief. There are many things which are wonderful in life, but every wonderful thing in life, there is some pain, some grief associated with it. Just think about it. Courage is moving into an unknown future without fear. Amen. That's courage. The lion is a symbol of courage. <laughs> Can you see the lion there? Uh-huh. But lion is a symbol of courage. The lion is a symbol of strength, fearlessness, bravery, and royalty. And Jesus is called the lion of the tribe of Judah. Jesus is royalty. He comes from a tribe in Israel out of which the kings came. David came from the tribe of Judah. Solomon came from the tribe of Judah. And if you go down the genealogy, Jesus came from that tribe as well. He is royalty. In his life here on earth, Jesus was fearless. He had courage and strength. He went against the grain of everything. He came doing great work, but not everybody enjoyed what he did, right? And sometimes you've got a great mission in life and you're doing something wonderful. But people around you don't quite kind of appreciate you. They feel threatened by you, envious of you, against you, don't understand you. And so instead of getting some pats on the back, you get some kicks on the backside. Huh? It takes courage to live out your mission, to live out your conviction. And Jesus did that. He lived fearlessly. He lived a life of courage. And it's good to know that as we face challenges in this life, that we are not alone, that God is with us. Of course, today, Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords, and he will soon return to reign over this earth. Amen. So today we look at a familiar story of someone who needed courage. It's a story you know. His name is Joshua. After Moses died. And our text is in Joshua chapter 1, verses 6 to 9. And we read the following there. This is God speaking to Joshua. And he says, be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide an inheritance. Can we have the text please? For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. Check the verse 6. Be strong and of good courage. Number 7. Only be strong and very courageous. Let's carry on. It says, next one. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in a day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. And then 
you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good. Is God kind of getting old or what? Is he forgetting what he said before? He keeps on repeating himself. Be strong and of good courage. Oh, by the way, be strong and of good courage. Blah, blah, blah. By by, by, by the way, listen. When God repeats something, it's not because he's forgotten what he said before. And when he talks to you, and today he's going to repeat some things to you. And as I'm preaching, some things are going to resonate in your heart. Whatever it is, listen to it. Because God is speaking to you and I this morning. He has spoken to me as I've prepared this message. And guess what? As I deliver the message, he continues speaking to me. I can never speak to you without him speaking to me too. Lekker, ne? But listen carefully, because as you're sitting over there, as you listen to this message, as you listen to this recording, God is going to be speaking to you. And some things he might repeat. Take note of what he says. Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Quick background. The Israelites have escaped from Egypt. They've been wandering in the desert for 40 years. All the original people that left Egypt have died in the desert, except Moses, Joshua, and Caleb. But now Moses allowed the pressure from the people to get to him. And because of that, one day he lost it. And, and he did some things which God had not told him to do. He disobeyed God. He got caught up in the, in, the, in, the, in the irritation of the people. And he acted in disobedience to God. And God said, Moses, because of that, you're not going to go into the promised land. You're going to see it, but you're not going to go into it. Quick lesson here for us, guys. No matter how wonderful you are in your faith and how close to God you are, uh, that's an excuse to disobey God. Huh? Sometimes you think because God's blessings upon your life, it gives you a ticket to now and then disobey God. Oh, be careful. God loves us. But what you sow, you will. Remember, the kingdom of God operates on the law of the farm. Whatever you put in the ground is what's going to crop up. So be careful what you do, what you say, your decisions. Because even a great guy like Moses, he had his blessings limited. Listen, you went to heaven, okay? Heaven is guaranteed. Heaven is guaranteed for us. But sometimes we can lose our blessings here. We can lose some fruit in this life because of our stupidity, our disobedience, allowing circumstances to get to us instead of putting our faith in God. And so Moses, he allowed that. And because of that now, Moses also died. So only Joshua and Caleb are the only two alive from that original bunch that left Egypt. Now Moses is dead, and so God calls on Joshua to take up the job and lead the people into the promised land. How would you feel if that was you? Huh? You mind your own business sitting under the tree, sipping on a cool drink or something, and God says, hey, um, Moses is dead, okay? So now you're going to carry on and, and do the job. What, 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 what? what? Me? Fit into, into the boots of the great Moses? You got the big kidding. <laughs> no way. I, I'm no Moses, God. No. And sometimes we feel like that when we realize that God is calling us to do something. When circumstances around us call us to have to stand up and say something, do something, act in a certain way, which we think, 
I can never do this. But you know that God is calling on you to do it. God is challenging you. You know it's the right thing to do. But you're not sure that you can do it. You're afraid, perhaps. So, let's take three lessons on courage from this passage. Number one, courage is based on knowing where to go. What it means is this, guys. Courage is not based on having all the details of what lies ahead given to you, but on knowing where to go. You see, courage is based on mission. Courage is moving into an unknown future without fear. You are always courageous for something. Courage does not happen in a vacuum. You don't wake up one morning and say, what? Courageous to do what? Courage means you have to face something. You have to do something. You have to achieve something. You have to go somewhere with your life. So courage requires mission. Amen? And that mission is not always clear to you. God doesn't give you all the details of the next 10, 20 years. No. He simply says, hey, come, let's go. God, where? We're going there. How on earth am I going? Just let's go. <laughs> and, 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 and so courage, courage is, is it's, it's, it's based on knowing where you go, not on having all the details. Joshua, he had to lead the people into the promised land. That was his assignment. He's minding his own business, but now he gets called to do this. It had been Moses' job, but now Moses is dead. Now, Moses had died, but nothing of God had died with Moses. The mission was still on. The plan is still to get the people into the promised land. Listen, folks, leaders may come and leaders may go. But the mission remains. The vision remains. The kingdom of God remains. The work remains. Sometimes we get so caught up in certain men of God or, or certain people in our lives or certain leaders and someone who think, oh man, what am I going to do if he or she dies? Uh, the mission goes on. God gives grace. God gives people assignments for a season in their lives. But the assignment isn't attached to the person. God holds the assignment. And when the person's season is gone, the assignment remains. God will raise somebody else to continue the task. So beware of putting too much faith in people, in personalities, in individuals. We need to trust God and trust his vision and his mission. Amen? Now Joshua also knew the mission. But he probably thought, oh, you know, God's going to call Caleb. He's also, yeah? Oh, probably, you know, there's so much to do and Caleb and I are getting old. Probably God's going to call some of the younger guys. You know, they are young and they're vibrant and I'm getting old, man. Now, God, <laughs> no, God says, uh, Joshua, you're the one. <laughs> so he calls on Joshua. That was his mission. Guess what? God has something prepared for you as well. In Ephesians uh, 2.10, says the following. We are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works. Did you hear that? You are not an accident. You're not just a product of the love between your mom and dad. You are not that oopsie which your parents got a surprise when they found out they had you. You are God's workmanship. 
God put you in this planet intentionally. Understand, your root, your background is God. Don't look at your circumstances, your past, your situation. Understand who you are. God sees you as his child. He put you here for a reason. And he says he's got good works for you to do. That he has prepared long ago. Before the universe even existed. He had thought of you and me. And he had put some things in place that you and I should do. Created in Christ Jesus. You see, he, he knew that you and I on our own couldn't do it. We knew, he knew that humanity would drift away from God. So he prepared Jesus Christ to come and restore us back to God. And in Christ Jesus and through Christ Jesus, through, through salvation, I can be connected with God again. And because of that, I can do what he has called me to do. Amen. You and I have a calling. You and I have purpose. Created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Amen. And, and, and those good works that God had prepared, it includes knowing God. It includes following Jesus. And it includes being led by the Holy Spirit into doing life God's way. It includes being part of the kingdom of God. And within that kingdom, he guides us. No matter what work you do, no matter what you do in life, God wants to guide you and direct you to do that God's way. Amen. He wants to be a husband, God's way. A father, God's way. A business person, God's way. A workman, God's way. Whatever job you do, as you study, as you work, he wants you to do it. His way. That is God's way and the world's way. And God has called us to do good works. His way. Unfortunately, so many people, they choose to do life their own way instead of God's way. That verse says, God prepared before that we should walk in them. That implies there is a choice involved. It, God does not force you to do things His way. He invites you. And we should do it His way. And when you do that, we enjoy his blessing and his companionship. Those that don't are missing out on this life and the next by rejecting to align their lives to God's will. Now your courage grows when you're confident of your call. Some people want to wait on the Lord for confirmation about something that they know they should already be doing. When you know what you should do, your courage grows. When you know that God has called you to do something, somehow you, you, you feel, man, that's what I'm meant to do. I, I'm going to do it. I don't know how. I don't know the details, but I'm going to do it. Courage comes when you know which way to go, when you know that God is with you. He's calling you. He's giving you the strength. He's giving you the vision. He's giving you the desire. And then you do it, and it gives you courage. It is wonderful to know that you are doing what God wants you to do. Amen. But some people, they know what they should be doing, but they hold back. <laughs> and when you do that, you lose courage. You need to be a lion and step forward into your calling. There are many things you should do. And you know there are some things you should be doing. And you've been trying to find an excuse and, and find a way out. And hope somebody else is going to do it. Get up and do it. Do it now. God does not always call you according to your preferences or zones of comfort. 
I, I sometimes, you know, I, I knew that I had to do this thing. I had to do some ministry and so forth. And I always felt I'm in the wrong place because, you know, I'm not a, 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 an extrovert guy, you know, gets in front of people, laugh the party. I'm timid. I'm introvert. I'm shy. What on earth am I doing on a stage talking to people? I'm terrified of crowds. Still am. <laughs> but you see, God doesn't call me because, oh, Valdir, I want to put you in a place where you feel good. I'm going to, no, no, no. I was doing a job where I used to walk up in the morning, go to the, to the laboratory, lock myself in a laboratory, see nobody the whole day. It was so wonderful. <laughs> For you to see me, I had to go through a whole bunch of security guys, and they'd warn me, tell me you're coming, and then eventually you'd come to me. It was so nice. And then God calls me to this. And to go to schools and face like a thousand kids and talk to them and work with people. You're going to be kidding. I'm not comfortable, God. I didn't ask you to be comfortable. I asked you to do this. This is your calling. Do it. I need help. I'm going to be with you. And thank God he's been with me. And it is so wonderful to know that sometimes I walk into a situation, my God, what am I going to do? Help me. And then half an hour later, one hour later, two hours later, I walk out. I say, God, I'm so glad you showed up. He said, but isn't that what I told you? I told you, I'd be with you. You see, but we need to understand and, and hear that voice and know that God has called us to do this and then you do it in His strength. You see, if I only did what I'm comfortable with, I would think that I am doing it and not God. Huh? If I'm only doing what I know how to do, what I'm comfortable with, when it is done, I'll look back and say, Valdi, you precious thing, look what you did, man. You're so good at this. But when I do something which I know I suck at, and I still get it right, all I can do is step back and give God the glory. And you are going to be called sometimes to do that. Much of your life will be spent within your gifts and your calling and blah, 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 blah. But God will call you from time to time to be courageous and do something which you think you're not cut out to do. And you've got to face it with God by your side. Knowing that he has called you to do it. That's all you've got. All you've got is a word from the Lord, an inclination in your heart. You know you've got to do this. But when God calls you, understand this. He never expects you to do it alone. Knowing who is going with you shapes your courage. That's our second point. Courage is shaped by knowing who is going with you. Amen. Listen, God never calls you to do something apart from Him. If God calls you, He will be with you and He will do it with you. Amen. We are not alone, guys, when God calls us. You are never required to do God's work apart from Him. If you're a sportsman, for instance, like the booker, if you're a sportsman, knowing that you have a strong Competent team members by your side shapes your courage, right? You know, one of the reasons why those Boca are going to the field today, one of the things that gives them courage is they look at each other and each player looks at the place and says, man, he's good, he's good, he's good. Man, I'm in good company, man. We're going to tackle those guys. Huh? But now, if you're a sportsman and you look at your team <laughs> and you see a bunch of useless, worthless players, who can't even catch a ball or anything. You go, oh God, I've got, I don't have courage for this. Knowing who's with you matters. I am from Brazil, but if you're gonna play soccer, don't you dare put me in your team. 
Why do you think they sent me to South Africa? Right? I suck at soccer. And if I'm in your team, you're going to be worried. You're not going to be encouraged at all. Okay? But put a Neymar there and a couple of other guys and you go, hey, this is a good team. <laughs> so it matters who's with you, who goes with you. And God has said, I will go with you. Huh? Imagine that God is in your team. How would you feel then? Actually, God is not in your team. You are in his team. How's that? Huh? Huh? <laughs> I'm in his team. It matters to know who's with you. And when I know that he's in my team, I go, whoa, whoopee, nice. I can do this. I can do this. And, and so God assured Joshua of his presence. He says, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord, your God, me, I am with you. Wherever you go, Joshua had to hear that. You see, Joshua knew that God was with Moses. He had seen so many demonstrations, you know, of God's presence and, and God's power. He, it was up close and personal. He was right there with Moses. He saw the signs, the wonders, and you, man, God is with this guy. I'll follow this guy anywhere because God is with him. And then he dies. Whoops, and now Moses is gone. And he was the guy with God. <laughs> And so God has to come to Joshua. Joshua, listen, what I told Moses, I'm telling you. I'm calling you to do this job. And just like I was with Moses, I am with you. In fact, if you go back in chapter 1, I think verse 5, he says that. Just like I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. And today the Holy Spirit is telling you, today, just like I was with Moses and with Joshua and with so many characters in the Bible, I am with you today. Are you listening? For you here this morning, for you listen to this recording right now, God is saying, I am with you. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. And listen, I don't know about you, but I need to hear that. We live in a crazy world, man. And I need to know that I'm not alone. I need to know that someone very much bigger and stronger than me is with me on this journey. And that's exactly what God tells us. Hebrews 13.5, he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He says, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. You might be sometimes in a difficult situation, maybe with limited resources. Do not worry about that. Focus on the Lord. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He'll take you through the situation, out of the situation. He'll give you victory. That's the Lord's encouragement to us. It echoes throughout the millenniums and comes to us today. In Hebrews 13, 6, he says, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. It says there, so we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? That's God's promise. It echoes to you and to me today. It's his promise for each one of us. But there is one more very important aspect of true courage. Now, point number three. Courage is anchored on God's word. Courage is anchored on God's word. Verse eight, it says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, 
but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. You need to proclaim, declare the word of God, not opinions. Let your confession, let your declaration, let your, the words that come out of your mouth be based on the word of God. Proclaim the word of God. Speak the word over your life, over your situations. Speak the word of God. Not what the news says, what people say, what your best friend says, what you think is that should be said. All those things are distractions from the devil to steer you away from the word of God. I'm not saying you should ignore reality. I'm not, I'm not saying that. Be aware of reality. Yes, we are living in a stinking world, okay? Things are not nice. We have to understand reality around us. But do not let your words focus only on that. Let the word of God guide your words, knowing that Jesus warned us about all the stuff going on. And we know that there is a future towards which the earth is moving. And it's not finding life on Mars. People are really worried. They are trying to think of all sorts of ways because when this planet implodes, you've got to be somewhere else. This plan is not going to implode. It's going to be recreated. New heaven, new earth. And I'm going to be there. What about you? Jesus is coming to rule this planet. And he's going to sort out this mess. But right now it is a mess. But my hope is not in this mess. It's in Jesus. And my words have to reflect the word of God. Because if I only look around me, man, I get hopeless very quickly. But when I look at the word of God, it gives me hope. It gives me direction. It gives me something to do, something to say. My life matters when I look at the word of God, and so does yours. And so we need to proclaim the word of God. Number two, we need to meditate. Let it fill your thoughts. Store the word in you. He says, you shall meditate in a day and night. Now, guys, it doesn't mean you've got to have the Bible in front of you day and night and, you know, reading the word and, and thinking about No, no. It means, yes, you read the word of God. But you see, to speak the word of God, you need to know the word of God. So sometime or other, you've got to stop and you've got to read the word. And it's good to come to church and people should come to church. But many people, they go to church on Sunday morning, they sit there, they listen to the sermon, they leave the gates and forget about everything they've heard until next Sunday, 9 o'clock or 9.30. The word of God should be a constant in our lives. Every day, take time to read the word of God. And then, as you're working, as you're doing your job... Think about the word of God. As you look around you, compare it to the word of God. The, the word of God should be like the background noise in your brain. As you hear the news, as you look at your friends, at your colleagues, as, as people do things in school, you should be filtering it through the word of God. Because if you don't, you get caught up in the system of this world. You must meditate. Let it fill your thoughts. Let the word be in you. So that you, you can look at this word through the filter of the word of God. And then you've got to do what it says. It says that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. In fact, in James 1.22, it says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Just hearing and not doing is deceiving yourself. Listen, reading the word of God and talking about the word of God is actually quite, quite easy to do. And it's fun. We can sit and have debates about the word of God, but it says, lacquer. But then, what about doing it? That's not so easy. 
living out the word of God in a world which will probably oppose you for doing it is not so easy. It takes what? Courage. But that's what we need. Because by doing the word of God, you see, our, our courage must be based on the word of God. I'm doing things according to the word of God. And therefore I know that I will be blessed, I will prosper. God is with me because I'm doing things according to the word. And then it says, I will prosper and have good success. True success is judged by God, not by the world. The world looks at you, at you externally, what are you wearing, what are you driving, what? Man, that means nothing. God looks at your heart, at your decisions, at what you're thinking, your motives. That is what determines true success. Are you living a life that honors him? Are you living a life that becomes a, a blessing to other people? That makes a difference in other lives? That causes your world to be changed, to be different because God is working in you and through you. He wants us to have that kind of joy, that kind of fulfilling life. And that comes by having the courage to do the word of God. And it, it, it's his promise that you will have success when you do that. Folks, people that are not basing their lives on the word of God, they, might, they may even prosper materially speaking. But they're never truly fulfilled. You and I are here today. You're listening to this recording now. And you're talking about courage that we can live by and enjoy the benefits of. In summary, courage is based on knowing where to go. Where are you going? Some of you know exactly what you've got, what you've got to do in the next two, three months. Those of you writing exams, you know exactly that's what you're doing. You need courage for that. Some of you know that your life is going to be changed next year because of jobs, because of family situations, and so forth, and you need courage for that. You need to know where you are going, and you need to know that God, God's blessing is upon that, that it is calling in your life. Don't just do things because you think it's a good idea. Make sure that it's God's will for you to do it. Courage is shaped by knowing who is going with you. Are you certain that God is with you? Sometimes people, they wonder, I'm not sure, I'm not good enough. I wonder if, accept the word of God today. Start by understanding that God wants to be with you. And just accept that. It's a, it's a matter of choice. Of accepting his invitation. And courage is anchored on God's word. Get more of God's word into you. So that you may speak it. So that you may think about it and it may be the filter of your actions and your choices. Then do the word of God. It will not always be easy, but he will be with you so that you can do it. I pray today that you'll be empowered with courage from above to live a life which honors God, a life which is a blessing to those around you, and a life that gives you the joy of seeing positive change in your life and through your life to the glory of God. Amen. As we close, let me pray that blessing of verse 9 of Joshua 1 over you. Let's all stand together, please, as we close in prayer. And I want to pray that blessing over you as well. Father God, I... I pray that this word will find resonance in every heart today, Lord.
everyone who has heard this message, Lord. Let it resonate in our hearts that we may have courage. Courage based on knowing our mission, knowing what we have to do, where we are going. Courage shaped by knowing that you are with us, that we are not alone, O oh God. And courage anchored in God's word, where we know your word, we speak it out, we think about it, we let it be the filter through which we see the world and through which we make decisions. And thank you for the ability and the strength, not just to know your word and listen to it, but to do it, to live it out, Father God. Thank you for your grace. I pray you bless every person, every, every family represented, dear Lord, every individual. Thank you for courage, Lord. And brothers and sisters, I pray and I confess and I declare this blessing of you, this word of God over you. Brothers and sisters, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. May you be blessed with courage this day and this week. In Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great day. Enjoy some fellowship, some coffee, some cake. And mach die Bokovin. Bless you. Amen.